What's going on, crazy Christians out there? Back with another episode of uh, a Protestant and a Catholic walk <laughs> into a bar, which obviously we're not a bar, but Mr. Mike Richard is back for episode number two. Well, even if we were in a bar, it's not like we would admit it on your podcast. Right, anyway, absolutely so. would not. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since it's 8.50 a.m. <laughs> we, would, we would have a problem. The only thing I'm drinking right now is coffee. Appreciate that, sir. You brought me some more of that Rev. Yeah. I feel like you got to make that in a French press. That is a French press, and I'd appreciate it if you'd stop putting stuff in it. <laughs> you could just drink it like that. I can't drink it black, dude. I, I like it like I like my women. Kind of tan and, and bitter, so. <laughs> so I got to put a little cream in there. <laughs> All right, man. That's how we got to roll Hey, that. do you, bro. But look, I do want to give a quick shout out to Elite Roofing. Um in Crowley, Louisiana, so they let us use their office building on Saturdays when nobody's messing around over here. So if you ever need some roofing, uh, construction, flooring, whatever you need for your household stuff, uh, give them a shout. They actually did some work on our house after those 18 storms passed through Lake Charles area last year. So, and do some really good work. So um, definitely patronize those folks if you get a chance. But let's get into it, Mr. Mike. Yeah, man. So what are we talking about today, bro? Well, um... I figured today, what, what we kind of talked about last week, or last episode rather, um, it's been a few weeks now, mm-hmm. but we were talking about, um, what was it, communion and... Communion and Jesus. And Jesus, that's right, yeah. So this week, I figured, or, or this episode rather, um, I figured talking about confession and sins and how we see sins would be a really cool um, a really cool segue, which... I think we probably should have done this one before communion, but hey, I, I don't, you know, it's not my podcast, I guess, whatever my opinion doesn't matter, so anyway. It was just kind of, that's why I apologize. You're right, and you're, you're right, that's kind of <laughs> no. how the flow should have gone. No, I'll man. take that, bro. I'll I'm take just that. taking a jab at hey, you, bro. bro. I'll take that, dude. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, so I guess I'll start it off with, uh, so confession, right? So confession in the Catholic Church is, uh, we have seven sacraments, um, and a sacrament is just a sacred and visible sign uh, that is instituted by Jesus to give us grace. Um, and we recognize seven of them in the, uh, in the Catholic Church. So the first one being baptism. I think that's pretty universal through all denominations. Right. Um, the Eucharist, which is communion, which we kind of talked about last week. Confirmation. Um, reconciliation, which is also known as confession, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then three others are anointing of the sick, which I think a lot of people kind of agree that, you know, the sick can be anointed. And that's, that's found in Scripture. Right. Uh, marriage is a sacrament in the church. And holy orders is the last one. But... Uh, so today, confession or, or reconciliation. So I think a lot of people know this already, but as Catholics, we believe in venial sins and mortal sins. All right. So the difference being venial sins are less severe. Mortal sins are being uh, greater severity. Uh, and so I think we kind of had this discussion before, kinda like if, on it. if you sin, you sin, it's a sin and whatever. Right. Uh, and I kind of, I made the argument and I, the way I look at it is... <clears throat> If my kid steals a candy bar or my kid shoots someone, well, that's two grave things. Yeah, morally, there's a problem there for both, but I can easily pay back the money that I owe for the candy bar or make my child return it and pay it back. But I can't, I can't return the loss of life. And so that's a greater, uh, a greater debt that is owed, I guess you could say. So um, that's just... Should we give the disclaimer to... Oh, that we're not pros? We are not. 
Yeah. We're not theologians. What's cool about this is having to go through this thought experiment. Of yeah. Working through your faith and the theology behind said faith. Right. And it's it's been pretty cool because you really have to dig in and say, all right, well, is that something that I agree with or not? Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been pretty, like, it makes you dig deeper sure. to figure out where you actually stand. Right. And why do you stand there? Um, and I, I, I think, you know, we talked about grace and sin is sin. But I think that what I'm trying to compare that to is, is there, there's definitely a worldly difference in the, the price that you pay for those sins, mm-hmm. for those actions. Sure. But I think that, like we said, sin is sin, and you miss the mark, you miss the mark. Um, the blood of Jesus covers both the same amount. Sure. So once you've been forgiven for those sins, you're you're now covered. That's all he sees. So, um, And that's where I think... The, the confession and once you get into the penance and all of that stuff that we're going to have to dig into. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I agree with that to an extent. I guess where I would say I kind of disagree is, yeah, sin is, all sin is sin. It's, it's all wrongdoing is sin. It's bad. Yes. But I think, w- let me go to scripture. Yep. All right. So let's go to first John, uh, chapter five, verses 16 and 17. All right. So um, if anyone sees his brother sinning, if the sin is not deadly, he should pray to God and he will give him life. This is only for those whose sin is not deadly. There is such a thing as deadly sin, about which I do not say that you should pray. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that is not deadly. So that's tough for me to wrestle with, kind of looking over the whole thing and saying, and that's, that's New Testament, right? So that's new, that's, that's the new covenant. When I see that, and then I see the Catholic teaching on it, I'm like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. I can see how that you get two two different forms of, of sin there. Um, so I don't know, man. That's just one one little thing. Um, I guess we could kind of walk through what happens in the confessional. Yeah. Because that's a that's a experience in and of itself, you know. Mm-hmm. So. So first confession starts, usually we do it around here, second grade, when you're about seven or eight years old. That's when you kind of know right from wrong. Like if I, if I tell my second grader, uh, he's, he's uh, Luke's eight. So if I tell him, don't hit your brother, and he hits his brother, well, he knows he's not supposed to do that. Right. He knows he was wrong, and he should, he should apologize for that without me telling him. So that's where we kind of say, all right, well, he's at, the, he's at the age of reason. He understands now. That he's not supposed to do those things. So that's when we kind of start forming our children to understand what this is all about. So when you go to confession, um, it can be intimidating at first, man. Uh, so like it's some places, every church is different, but our church specifically, we go to St. Joseph's and Rain. Uh, the confessionals are in the back and it's like a little broom closet almost. Um, and they got these little lights on the top. You notice there's a red light and a green light, right? Stop mm-hmm. and go. So right. if the red light's on, don't open the door. If the green light's on, help yourself. Right. I mean, so, uh, Padre's in there. He's waiting. <laughs> uh, so you, there's two ways to do it. You can either kneel behind the screen and he won't see you at all. Um, there's little holes in the screen, you know, so you can, you know, a lot of times you see pictures of confessionals and that's what you picture, you know, the, right. little, the little screen. Uh, but there's also a chair and you can sit right in front of them. Um, and there's usually a little distance and like a little dividing thing between you and... Um, I find sitting in the chair, face-to-face confession, for me, is more beneficial because, one, the priest can see how remorseful I am, and two, when I confess my sins, and then he, a lot of times a priest will counsel you in confession, he'll say, okay, well, if you're dealing with these things, and you've been doing this stuff, and this has been happening to you, it's okay, 
but try doing this and I want you to try this or think about that or pray this prayer or read this verse of scripture and really meditate on God. That's what I want you to do this week. And so like I've, I've gotten a lot of really good spiritual counsel in there. And that's not 100% what confession's for, right. but there is some aspect of that there, which I think is really good. And, uh, and I always leave the confessional feeling like a weight is lifted, man. Like I just feel, oh man, when you hear the prayer of absolution, it's just like, oh dude, this is amazing. So anyway, so you walk in, and the whole thing starts with the same way we start everything as Catholics, right? The sign of the cross where you touch your forehead and your chest and each shoulder in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That in and of itself is a prayer. Um, and so, and then you say, all right, so bless me, Father, if I've sinned. It's been about however long since your last confession. So if it's been two weeks, you'd say two weeks. If it's been 30 years, you'd say 30 years. And I'll tell you, man, priests get excited when they hear somebody come back to the confessional. If it's been like 20 years. Mm-hmm. When I, when I reverted back to the Catholic faith a few years ago, it had been probably about 15 years since I've been to confession. And I thought the priest was going to come out the chair. He was so excited. Because what we see it as, you're being released. There's freedom there. You know, mm-hmm. there's forgiveness that's being poured out on you and, and graces that you receive. So that's a big thing to celebrate for Catholics, you know. So anyway, um, so... You say that you say that you confess your sins. Um, if you know how many times you've done a certain sin, like if I've taken the Lord's name in vain, and I can really pinpoint it's man about ten times that I can remember, then you'd want to say like and kind, right? So how many times and what type of sin it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the confessional is really for mortal sins, but you obviously you can confess venial sins too. There is that's that's good a good practice to get into. Um, and then so you confess all your sins. And the priest will say, okay, uh, so for your penance, I want you to do this. And they might say, do an act of kindness for someone. And I want you to read Psalm 119 three times over the next two weeks and meditate on it. Mm-hmm. Just spend time meditating on it. Or, hey, why don't you, I want you to take 20 minutes. Can you devote 20 minutes one day this week to just go outside and play with your kids? Yeah, I can do that. That's not, that's reasonable. Absolutely. Okay, I want you to do that. But I want you to devote that time to Christ informing your children and so some of that stuff man, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it's like man like I, I struggle sometimes with being a, a christian father or man i want to i want to do the right thing sometimes i slip and it's just god's always there to pick you back up you know and right. kind of give you the the uh the salve your soul needs i guess mm-hmm. you could say right uh so anyway so he'll pray the prayer of absolution and i don't remember exactly how it goes but he you know it's it's these formal words that he says, and it's just the way that he, the, the way that the prayer of absolution is said. It just, man, you can feel God moving in that moment, and then he'll bless you. He'll give you a blessing, and then you go do your penance. Some priests, hey, go say three Hail Marys and meditate on what you did, and don't do that no more. <laughs> well, okay, Father, thank you. you know? <laughs> don't do that no more. <laughs> go say two Our Fathers and a Glory Be, and I don't want to see you again. You better keep it. You better stay straight, you uh, so, but uh, anyway, as Catholics, we're obligated to go to confession at least once per year. That's mm-hmm. in the Code of Canon Law. That's one thing we have to we have to do at least once a year. You have to go to confession, usually around Easter. Um, but I personally try to make it a practice to go at least every week or two weeks if I can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I find like, man, I, I, I'm able to stay further away from sin the more often I go to confession because I don't, I just feel like, man, I try to go to the same priest every time that way they can hold me accountable as well. Right. Cause eventually they're going to, Hey dude, you've been confessing the same sin repetitively. Like, so what are you doing to fix this? What can we do where there's a disconnect here? What do we, wh- where do we tie the, where do we tie in the loose ends here to get this fixed for you? So obviously they understand we're not perfect and we're not gonna, you know, and nor are they, and nor are they absolutely. And they will, priests will be the first to tell you, right. 
they go to confession. A lot of priests I know go to confession weekly um, with other priests that they know. So, um, so the confessional, there's something called the seal of confession, which I think a lot of people have learned a lot about recently, especially with the abuse scandals in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, what if someone comes in and confesses to a murder? Then you're stuck. The priest is stuck. You can't say anything. So if a priest reveals anything that is confessed in the confessional, if he breaks the seal of confession, he is immediately removed from office as a priest without without someone officially saying this is happens. Okay. Right. Immediately he can no longer practice ministry. He is automatically excommunicated from the church, and all of his ministerial responsibilities are suspended immediately. Um, and that sounds like a big punishment, right? Well. I think it's just to kind of prevent people from doing it. And excommunication just simply means that you are no longer in the fold. All right. Mm -hmm. You can't practice your priestly functions. He's still a priest, but he can't practice as a priest Um, until he. Actually, I think the Pope is the only one that can lift that excommunication, if I'm not mistaken. Now, he can do it through a bishop, maybe, but it has to go through the Pope himself personally. Um, and there's the whole point of that is just to kind of bring you back in and counsel you and give you the help you need to get back on track to say, Hey man, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you can't break the seal of confession. Um, and I guess that's just to kind of keep the trust there that I can say these things without fear of reparation from someone else. And it needs to be a safe place to be able to confess your sins. So that's a, that's a touchy subject, the seal Mm -hmm. of confession. Right. Yeah. I would imagine having that burden of knowledge. It's yeah, pretty pretty weighty. Uh, I've asked priests about that before. Like, dude, how can you just sit there for hours and just hear? You know, most of the time it's thirty minutes before um, before mass, or you can schedule an appointment. And some will do like a marathon. Like at certain points of the year, they'll say, "Hey, well, they do this leave the light on campaign." Well, they're they'll sit there for hours and right. just hear confessions. Like, man, how can you sit there and listen for hours? People confessing these sins. He's like, dude. He said, a lot of priests, one in particular that I'm thinking of, he said, man, I find joy in that because one, I'm exercising my duties as a priest. I'm mm-hmm. able to exercise my ministerial function within the church and what God has called me to. Right. And two, I know that a lot of people are being freed from things that are holding them down. And he said, man, that's, that's a beautiful thing. You know, he said, so it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to hear all that stuff sometimes. He said, but dude, I don't even remember. And he said, man, when I'm in there, it's like a, you say it and I already forget it. And once you walk out, I'm on to the next one. You right. Know? So that that's can be intimidating too to go to the same priest over and over, you know. Right, because then there's there's historical precedence there to say. Right, he's hey, gonna man. look at me different, you know. Hey man, <laughs> hey, <brother>. again, dude. <laughs> it's it's Tuesday. Yeah. we just did this we on were, Sunday. <laughs> right, uh, come on, man. So that's kind of a a brief overview, I guess, kind of how what and what confession is, um, how it works, and how we do it, and what it's for, and. My kids, man, my uh, so Jude's ten and Luke is eight, and they both they both go to confession uh, regularly. I mean, and that's kind of something that happened organically. It's not like I told them, all right, you need to go to weekly confession. Um, I would say they probably go at least once a month um, that I can remember. It's usually we know we get there early enough for mass. They go jump in line, do their thing, and they come back, and they always come back with a big smile, you know. Right. So um, I, I I thought that was pretty cool that they. I don't, I don't know if it's by maybe Megan and I's example or what, but they saw the importance of that very early on. You know, we kind of make it a point to teach them why we do that. Um, so there is some parts of scripture where it talks about you can't, you can't receive, um, you can't receive Christ into your body. So the, for us, the Eucharist, uh, with the stain of mortal sin on your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why confession, you have to have confession before mass. So if you, 
if you're cognizant of it and you recognize that you've committed a mortal sin um, at any point in time since your last confession, you should either go to confession before Mass or ref- refrain from receiving the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, to receive the Eucharist with mortal sin is, oh, man, that's a, that's a big no-no, you know, because you're kind of just heaping God's judgment on your head like a, a burning lump of coals, like he says in mm-hmm. Scripture, you know. So that's kind of the basis for that. That's why I said that, you know, you right. have confession before communion. Uh, at least in the Latin rite, the Roman Catholic rite, like that we we practice. So, so there are some Eastern Catholics that do communion, baptism, confirmation, right at birth, like when they're two weeks old. They give them everything all at once, and we like the the Latin rite Catholics were like, no, 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 we're gonna space this out a little right. bit, you know. Uh, but let's get it to where their brain is doing a little bit more. Right, right, right. <laughs> let's see if they're awake a little bit more. Yeah, man. But the Eastern, the Eastern Catholic Rite, that's a beautiful liturgy. I'd love to get into talking about that one day, but I think uh, I've been rambling on for oh, you're good, dude. long you're enough good. now. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy that you talk about it. I, like, I just like people that are passionate about something. Yeah, you know dude. what I'm saying? Um, and a couple of things that, that you, know, you knew that I would take homage with oh, yeah. uh, is, is the... Um, and, and so as you're describing the priest mm-hmm. during confession, mm-hmm. obviously, the, the, you know, the Protestant way that we do church we don't really have that right. what we say is life groups get with your brother pray with your pastor whatever the case may sure. be um and and all of that stuff is helpful and so hopefully you've got some good counsel to go to mm-hmm. some wise counsel that gives you wisdom in those moments sure prays for you releases helps you to get released from those moments um or, or from those bondages and and you go on and, and do better right right um and but one of the things that you as you were talking about it you know, as yeah, I was there's rambling. A, as you were, no, I, I wouldn't say that. As you were, uh, maybe, as you were talking, <laughs> rambling, as you were, uh, <laughs> as you were talking, the, uh, just the way that you described it, it, it sounds not too far from, like the, the actual act of confession sounds not too far from what we do. Sure. Just there's a structure to it. Right. Um, in which, you know that's that's what we should be doing. We should as be, is everything in the Catholic Church, right? Very very structured is, is yeah. in, a, in this line, absolutely. Um, and so it's 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 cool to hear those similarities. Where mm-hmm. if I'm struggling with something, I'll go to my brother and be like, "Dude, Mike, I've yeah. been struggling with this pornography every night. Dude, it's getting to me. It's ruining my marriage." Sure. All right, dude, let's pray. All right, get this app. Do this. Do this. Read these scriptures. Get away from these people that you're doing life with. Sure. Get away from the actions that you're doing. So it kind of moves you into that direction of freedom. Yeah. Um, it just it's it's your it's your bro instead of your your priest or your pastor. So yeah. I think that that's cool to hear. Um, but then the 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 penance part of it, and I guess that's where we kind of all be like penance. I don't, like penance is paid already with yeah. grace at the cross, and I. I and I understand that because I had to do some research on your on the on the Catholic side of stuff, and I'm like, okay, so I see what they're saying, penance, and and why it needs to be paid back. But you know, we would say it's been paid already. Sure, the cross paid for that. The blood of Jesus yeah. has washed it away. Um, so that's that's where the the rub is. I think whenever mm-hmm. you talk about confession, because the act of confession is biblical, sure, one hundred percent. Yeah. So. Um, I'm gonna let you delve into the penance. Yeah, part so of the it. the penance part of it, man, we're we're kidding ourselves if we think that there's anything that we can do to even come close to comparing to the sacrifice on the cross. Right. There is absolutely nothing that we can do, and I can say, I can repeat the Our Father a million times. Mm-hmm. I can do 
the best I can do at everything at being a husband and father and Christian and leader and I can lay my life down. I can sell everything I own and follow Christ mm-hmm. and just move across the country and evangelize the world and none of that is enough. I will never be enough. The priest will never be enough. Right. So penance in and of itself, there's nothing that I can do to wash away those sins, okay? But the act of humbling myself and saying, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to do these things, not because I'm worthy, not because any of these other reasons. I'm going to do this because I messed up. And by taking the time to just stop for 10 minutes and do this penance, whatever it is, maybe that in and of itself can bring some closure and some healing to my soul, Mm -hmm. to my spirit, um, and help me draw nearer to Christ. Um, After the prayer of absolution, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do the penance. The penance is good for your own self. Um, Now, I will say I wouldn't make it a regular practice of just saying, oh, yeah, okay, I'll get to it and not doing it. That can be bad. That has, you know, potential negative consequences for your personal self, you know? Correct. But um, after the prayer of absolution, your sins are forgiven. Once you leave the confessional and everything's done, it's done. Mm. The work is finished. The penance is, I think, and again, I'm not a theologian. I'm not trying to be a, a, a heretical. Right. And if this is heresy, I'll gladly take correction on this. But for me, I think penance is more of a, this is for a, a you, your own, um, kind of fixing yourself, so to speak, with God, allowing right. God to work on you in that moment, you know, and I think that's kind of what it takes is just some time to stop and focus and, okay, yeah, I'm going to do my penance because this is good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the scriptural deep dive, I'd have to get back on that, you know, because I don't understand 100% where that comes from. Right. Um, but that's kind of the way I've always understood it is that once you once you leave confession, it's done. It's over with. There's nothing mm-hmm. else you can do or have to do. Jesus is enough, you know, but from the way I understand it, penance is more of a helping you type thing versus, all right, well, I'm going to do these things in order to pay it back to God, to fix it and balance the scales. And that's right. not quite what penance is, if okay. I understand it correctly. Right. And that's where I think I, especially me, that's where I get to where I'm like, well, man, why would I do that? It's already done. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, but I. But the way that you explained it, that is not always go do these seven Hail Marys and go do these sure. and go do these. It's, I do like the fact that it's, there's some life practice and process mm-hmm. in there. Oh yeah. Cause I didn't know that. So, um, that, that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. Um, that it's not just do these things, but it's focus on God a little bit. Yeah. Dude, um, our associate pastor, um, father Ben Pete, um, I love that dude, man. I love going to confession with him because... I feel like sometimes he can just see right into your soul. It's almost like, you know how you have, mm-hmm. have those people? I and mean, even in the Protestant world, right. there's just those people that I feel like they can just see right into you. They just you. look at you and be like, all right, dude, what you, what's Yeah, up? what's going on with you, bro? Something's right. off. What right. are you holding back? But I feel like his counsel and his, his penances are always so beneficial and so fruitful for my life. I love going to confession with him. Like, dude, I may not have even seen it be like, man, I just... I just want to go to confession with Father Pete, man, like because mm-hmm. he counsels so well, and his his advice and his penances are always and he always takes a moment, he always stops and thinks for a second. He's like, "How long did you say it's been? It's been about a week." Okay, maybe you're being a little hard on yourself, but I'm glad you're here, you know. Uh, and he'll always say, "This is what I want you to do, you know, like just take some time. Don't rush, you know. Do this or do that, and go. I want you to focus on this inscription, dude." 
I absolutely love that. Now right. there's there's times where there's some old school priests, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Go say three Our Fathers and don't do that no more. Okay, cool. You know, and you know that has its its merits, I guess, when you right. need it. But I don't know, man. Father Father mm-hmm. Pete, I feel like I feel like he was made for the confessional as a priest. My my personal opinion, and I, honestly, I hope he hears this because he needs to, man. His his priesthood is a blessing to my life and my family. Um, so anyway, and Father yes. Father Brent as well, our our lead pastor. Well, lead pastor. He's the pastor of our our parish. Same thing with him, man. He's always very thoughtful, very just, he counsels you like a father, mm-hmm. you know, because that's that's why we call him father. He's right. our spiritual father, you know, so. El Padre. El Padre. <clears throat> Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. Shout out to St. Joe's in rain. <laughs> my right. brothers. Go check it out. It's a beautiful campus, man. It is, man. Yeah, we, uh, I've been going to that church for a long time, man. It's gorgeous one day, inside. I love it. One day we need to get into the ornateness of all these Ooh, Catholic dude, churches. Oh, dude, that would be a really good... Uh, but you know, you, you look at all of the, the historical context that goes into it and you know where it comes from. So and I'd like to dig into it just, yeah. just from my own personal knowledge. There's a lot of good reason. Some of it, a lot of it, there's good reason behind it. But mm. next episode. Next, next Yeah, next we'll, we'll keep them waiting on that. Right. Keep them, <laughs> keep them on the hook. Right. So yeah, that was, that was some of the things. And I'm glad you hit on that. Because I learned some stuff about the confession that the penance is not always just go do the the, the prayers um, and pray to these peoples and do these things. And, sure. But it, there's some life coaching in there. Yeah, as, for as sure, well. man. Sometimes it's not always that way. Right. You may get that one priest who's just he's just trying to let's get people through. You know, they right. got to get them through. And it's sometimes it's just more of a this is just something we got to get done. So let's get it done and right. go on with your day. You know, some priests are like that. But I find more and more I find the younger priests. Um, maybe they're just a little more zeal. They're more on fire because mm-hmm. they're fresh and right. they're ready to go. Um, maybe they take a little more time. You know, I don't know. Um, uh, maybe their formation now is a little bit different than it was 20 years ago. Uh, but I've never had a bad experience in a confessional. Mm-hmm. I can never remember a time where I was just like, well, dude, this was a terrible experience. I never want to do this again. Right. You know, I've always left feeling a weight lifted uh, feeling closer to God, feeling joy, true joy. I've always felt that way after confession. It's just like a ton of bricks just lifted off of you, man. It's incredible. Uh, so there's a lot of priestly functions. There's a lot of things that the priest does that we would refer to as something called in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing to remember, in, like in confession, um, during the consecration, during Mass for the Eucharist and communion and stuff, the priest is operating in the person of Christ. So the priest himself, as a man, possesses no power to forgive your sins himself personally. Right. I think we know that. We Correct. both agree that a mere human being cannot do such a thing. But by the nature of his ordination, because he's a priest of Jesus Christ in the order of Melchizedek, if you want to be a Technical. I've seen that with my research. Yeah. <laughs> he is able to uh, absolve sins because of what Jesus said in Scripture. Um, and so I'll go to that. It says, um, let's see, John 20, mm-hmm. 21 through 23. Um, da, 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 da. Jesus said to them, peace be with you and with your spirit. He didn't say that. We say that in Mass. Right. Anyway, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Who sins you forgive are forgiven them, and who sins you retain are retained. So that's kind of like the, the ordination thing where the bishop does actually lay hands and breathe on the priest. Mm-hmm. 
that's something that just continues to be passed down from this point. Um, so that's kind of where the authority of the priest comes from to be able to do that. Um, and there are sins that they can say, I'm sorry, I can't forgive that sin. We can't absolve that sin. And this is the process we need to go through to get that absolved because it has to move up the chain. Now the bishop has to get involved with this, mm -hmm. depending on what it is. There's certain things, you know, um, certain grave, very grave sins. Um, the priest actually would have to get permission from the bishop to present the case to him. And that there's, that's a little bit different as far as the seal of confession mm -hmm. goes, because there's a process that has, they have to work through. So, um, anyway, that's just, I have a bunch of Old Testament stuff that kind of agrees with the New Testament as to why. Uh, but I think you get the gist of it. I mean, and that was something that, and that scripture came up for um, for during confession mm -hmm. when I was researching. I was in <clears throat> full disclosure, mm -hmm. I'm stuck on the last part of that scripture. Whatever sins you retain are retained. Are retained. Yeah. Um, because we've already discussed forgiveness comes from Christ. That's sure. That's it. Um, so in what I could find and it, it's really even that first part of that sentence is more of a an attestation mm -hmm. or attestation as opposed to adjudication this that last sentence I can't find anything that's concrete mm -hmm. because I, if I know that you you've come to me to confess your sins you're pouring out your heart I feel your repentance I feel that you've you've accepted Christ and you're actually accepted Christ and not just saying going through the motions. Sure. Um, and I say, okay, well, you're, you're forgiven, dude. You're good. But I don't, is it the same way for if you come and just say, yeah, dude, I had a good time last night and I drank a little bit, hit a couple women and, and now I'm gone. Um, is that me saying, oh, well, you're not forgiven. You're just telling me you had a good time last night. Yeah. So is it the same attestation versus adjudication? Yeah. Um, so... In order, so in that regard, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, off. you're good. Okay. You're good. So in that regard, that the catechism of the church, which is kind of just like the teaching, the overall teaching, the understandings of how we apply our faith, we call it the catechism. It's not scripture. It doesn't have the authority that the Bible does. It, but anyway, all right. So the catechism breaks into three parts. You have to have contrition, confession, and satisfaction. All right. So you have to be remorseful. Right. You can't just sit in there and say, "Dude, let me tell you what I right. did last night, homie." Father, you ain't never going to believe this. Correct. And if that's your attitude, the priest is probably going to say, okay, look, let's try this again maybe tomorrow. I want you to go home and think about this. Think about maybe why this wasn't okay and then come back and let's try this again. Not to say that the priest would be like, oh, I'm not going to forgive that sin. I think it's more of you need to be remorseful. You need to understand what you did. And if you're coming back doing the same things over and over again, the same grave sins, there's a problem. Right. If you're committing a sin because you know you'll be forgiven if you go to the confessional, Correct. that's a problem. Correct. And any any priest will tell you that. They'll counsel you on that and they'll right. let you know. They'll, dude, they'll bust your chops for something that's, like that. That's somewhere in Romans, isn't it? Like, should I, because of grace, should I just sin more so right. grace would abound more? Yeah. And that's no, just that's it, not okay. abusing the grace of That's God. exactly right. That's, yeah, something, that's dangerous. Right. That's very dangerous to do. Um, so anyway, you, there has to be, you have to be, contrite there has to be a certain amount of uh, remorsefulness for what you've done and there's actually the prayer that the the penitent the person confessing their sins prays at the end it's called the act of contrition mm -hmm. it's where you're saying like god look i'm i am so sorry i know by sinning i separate myself from you i separate myself from the church i don't want to do that i don't want to hurt you 
Um, give me the, the, the grace to sin no more, to avoid the near occasion of sin. Bless me, be with me in those moments when I'm tempted. Um, and so you don't have to say that formal act of contrition. It can come from the heart. You can literally right. just say, Lord Jesus Christ, I am a sinner. Help me to sin no more. I truly am sorry for my sins. That's an act of contrition. So it doesn't have, there is an official scripted that you can say, uh, but you can really just say any kind of prayer of contrition, right. whatever it is. So um, if, you, if you're not truly at that point, uh, if you haven't had a conversation with God before you've gone to the confessional, I think maybe you might be approaching it wrong. It would be my opinion. I would never discourage someone from going to confession. Right. Um, but I think there needs to be that, that conversation with God beforehand. There needs to be that, we do something called an examination of conscience. So uh, some of them are pages and pages long where you can go through and say, all right, we use kind of the Ten Commandments as a guideline for the examination. So have I taken the Lord's name in vain? Yes. How many times? In what context? In what regard? And did it lead someone else to sin? Because right. I did that now... And then uh, lust, have I looked at someone lustfully? Have I, you know, entertained impure thoughts in my mind? And if so, how many times? And so like, dude, you go down this list and you're like, whoo, man, I am not good. <laughs> you know, it's just, wow. And the point of it is not to bash you over the head and make you feel bad. It's just for you to say, man, I really need Jesus. Right. I really need I to just really re- need Jesus. Yeah, <clears throat> I've missed the mark. Yeah, a bunch of times, big time. And and we're all going to. Yeah, dude, we're all. There's going something to. to be said for that that reckoning with yourself, with your soul. You mm-hmm. know, where you can just stop for a moment and say, "All right, let me just peel back." Kind of like Shrek in the onion. You know, let me Very just good. peel back the layers. Layers. Onion cakes have layers too, though. Yeah, but ogres <laughs> have layers. Onions have layers. <laughs> Great movie, man. Great that is movie. a great movie. Just Donkey, got, uh, dude, Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy in that movie is possibly one of mm, the best. A duo? Oh, dude. It's so good. And there was, what, three or four? They did three. The second one was good. I didn't see the third one. Lord Farquaad, bro. Poor dude. Yeah. Oh, shorty. <laughs> anyway. Call him, call him Clint Bro, you know what I'm talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, no. Not Uncle Clint. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, because we are, you know, our, our, um, you know, you can call it confession is, is more, more aimed at, you know, fellowship with somebody else. So sure. you, you know, you do like with somebody, you confess and you, um, you know, you pray about it and you try to get over that sin, work through it together. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a push for like small group life groups kind of thing? No, man. I think that's something that um, the Protestant Church has done really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Is that localized that localized small group fellowship? Mm-hmm. In fact, I think a lot of Catholics, a lot of Catholic churches, see that model, and we're moving to that mm-hmm. uh, to promote that. Now, they've always kind of been. You think about the Catholic Daughters of America, the Knights of Columbus, these these groups that have always been right. in the church for a hundred years. You know, um, that was kind of the the thing that they were doing. You know, if if you had to have a, a an event at church, well, the Knights of Columbus were going to cook, right. and the Catholic Daughters were going to provide the punch and the cake, right? And they were going to all clean up together. You know, that was just the right. thing that that. So, um, and you know, you always had little groups of ministry and things like that. But the small group model, as the Protestant Church does. It, as they do it, it, it's kind of moving. It's migrating that way for us too. And I'm excited about it, dude, That's because good. 
I've seen the fruit of small groups outside right. of the Catholic Church. Correct. Incredibly fruitful. Correct. Um, for community, for conversion of heart, a lot of things, dude. It's right. really, really good. Um, I think a lot of newer, younger priests are on board with it. Even some of the, maybe the older ones, they're on board with it, man. Because mm-hmm. they see the fruit. They see the spiritual fruit that's there. Right. And that's how you engage people, man. Right. That's how you keep them engaged in what's going on in the life of the church. You right. Know? I would sooner get somebody to come to my house for a life group mm-hmm. as opposed to invite them to church and they actually come up Absolutely. to church. They'll come sit with me and eat some pizza and drink sure. some Coke and, you know, watch something on TV and, but, and talk about the Lord for a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, there's a T at the end? There's a, we added a T. It's a, pro, it's a it's Protestant. A, it ends in a T, so we put a T at the end. <laughs> oh, that's something y'all did. Yeah, okay. we, we changed right. it. We're, we're going through, we're changing all the books right now. <laughs> Should be some new, uh, some new Leave versions coming up. to just remove Bro, stuff. we just take it out, bro. Take it out. We don't like it. <laughs> we don't like the D. We're putting the T. It's the Lord. Take it out, bro. Clip it. <laughs> I like it, man. Um, but That's yeah, funny. so you just you, you get so much more buy-in, man, just for I real. Um, and then you get to watch those people that you do life with to see how they're doing. Sure. What are they doing? Absolutely. Keep up with them. Yeah. So the onus is not all on the priest. I can't imagine. Dude, there's no way. I can't imagine. You, you talk about confession. Yeah. So yeah, they may not be every day, but oh, it's dude. a lot. Priests celebrate Mass just about every day. Mm-hmm. And before just about every Mass, there is confession. So imagine what, what a pastor does on Sunday every day. It's insane. In between home visits, right. eating dinner with someone, going to a house blessing. Oh, I got a funeral. I got to go to the hospital, do an anointing of the sick. Oh, this came up. Oh, and we got to pay bills. I got to help have someone to help me manage the finances. Right. I still got to do counseling with this married couple. Oh, and there's a new couple that wants to get married. I got to set them up with counseling for six months. Like, dude, it's very labor intensive. It's insane. To carry all that weight alone. Because you are it. On top of, they're celibate. They're not married. Right. So when they come home, it's just them. It's just more work. So who do you decompress to? Correct. That's why you see a lot of priests are all really tight-knit groups. Mm -hmm. Like a few of them have a little tight-knit group that they... You know, a lot of them are really, really close to their mothers Mm -hmm. uh, because of that. They don't have that feminine lean on. You know what I mean? So they get even closer to their mothers when that, you know, when they become priests. So you have that kind of woman perspective. Sure. That can kind of that that female aspect, you know, to to help you. So we're at 43 minutes. Dang, really? That's a long one. But I figured it would be. I figured we wouldn't get to anything else with the with the. With that part of what we were talking about, just because there's so much there yeah. and, and so much, um, you know, that could be uh, such a, a disagreement between the two sects. Sure, for sure. I think there's a lot of, like, I mean, I think we've made a good point of that. There's a lot of stuff that we do agree on mm-hmm. about confession. Um, but we were talking about small groups before, and I do think that that's a good model. Yes, and we I were. think that that's yeah. awesome to, to, it, uh, you know, to my, start going into that. I guess my that. only hiccup with that mm-hmm. on the Protestant side of it would be that. I understand getting getting into a group, finding a brother that you trust who can counsel you wisely, but I guess my thing with that is at what point do humans become humans and just, dude, guess what happened? Let me tell you what so-and-so did. You know what I mean? There's no protection there. Not to say that people are going around just telling everybody what their sins are, right. but I mean, I know you know we're, we're, we're flesh and bone. We're bound to fail at some point. Right. Not to say a priest can't do it as well. Um, but what, what protects you from that, you know, and how do you know that the counsel and the, that you're receiving is appropriate, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, kind of my hiccup is that 
I know if I go to a priest, the priest is, they kind of, they understand the teachings of the church and scripture and they're vetted and verified by the, by the bishop and several other men that have trained them and women that have trained them in seminary. Um, and you know, that's a whole nother topic, I guess, but I know that they understand the gravity of it. Right. And they're able to give me. It's such a big moment. Right. They're able to give me the wisdom and the teachings and the, hey, this is why and what. Not to say other people can't do that without formal training. Um, I don't know. I guess that's just kind of my hiccup is if I go to someone who's just like me and hasn't been to Bible college or seminary, then how do I know the counsel they're giving me is valid Mm -hmm. within our realm, you know what I mean? Right. Of what we're doing as a right. church, I guess. And I think some of that comes to, like, I've been to some Bible studies and I walked in, there's like 20 people in there. Well, this is a church, you know, this isn't, yeah. we're not being open and honest in this environment, right. you know, right. unless I did something great, I'm not going to tell you about the bad stuff that I did with 20 people in the room. That's insane. Right. Um, but <coughs> I think you got it just like Jesus had it. He had the 12 and then he had the three. Yeah. And I, there's a scripture that says something like, don't give your pearls to swine to be trampled on. Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of points to that, to where you can say, I'm struggling with this and I'm just going to tell the people that can help me with it. Yeah. I'm not going to tell this group of 30 people because that's just too crazy. It is. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, totally then, yeah, my business is out. Yeah. You know, no matter how great of people they are, we all want the scoop. You know, right. give me the scoop. What's the scoop? Right. What yeah. that dude say? Right. What right. happened over there, bro? Why the lights on? Why, where are the police at? Um, <laughs> and so that's just, you know, that is people. So well, I can tell you live in rain. Oh, where the police? <laughs> yeah, where the police at? Ooh, what they doing down what, there? What, where that canine at? Oh, Lord, they got an ammo lamp too. <laughs> there was one right down the house a couple of days ago. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Oh, man. I just clapped at him. I did. Y'all doing a great job. Y'all doing a great job. Y'all are doing the Lord's work. Heroes, bro. Heroes. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank me for your service. Thank me for my service. (laughs) But, but yeah, man, we could wrap it up there unless there's anything else you want to. Oh, man. I think there's a lot of good stuff there. There I feel like I could probably go on for another two hours on confession. Um, I will say if there's any Catholics who are listening to this who haven't been to confession in a while, Mm -hmm. I would highly, highly encourage them to go. There's freedom there in the confessional, and the priest looks forward to seeing you there. Um, It's not just therapy. It's it's a good good, uh, salve for the soul, as my Maurice would say. Right. Salve. And then I'll do the same. Look, if you're a Protestant, get in the life group, man. Get in the church. Go to... Catholic, you need to be in church. I know everybody say, well, oh, I've got this online thing that I do. No, no, It's not no, the no. same at all. You need to be all. gathered with, you the, need with, to the, be with people. the brethren. You need to be with the people. Yeah. If you're not with the people, it just is, it, it, there's a difference to it. So um, you can still watch a man online, do that, still do that. For but sure. you really need to get involved in your local church. Yeah, absolutely. And then get into some type of the discipleship program where somebody's loving on you, helping you do life together with Christ. Um, and that's just, that's so important because doing life with like-minded people yep. is key to success in Absolutely, this thing. Absolutely, man. So. That's so good. Man, should we close in prayer? Please. You want me to? Go for it. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time again for us to gather up and, and talk about you. Not necessarily what makes us different, but how it, what makes us the same. Lord, we pray for all the hurting and broken souls who need your healing, who need their soul repaired by you. I just pray that you would be close to them. 
Uh, and Lord, we lift up everyone right now uh, in Louisiana, Texas, who's uh, suffering as a result of the weather and the floods. We mm-hmm. pray that your hand would be over them and that you would comfort them and keep everyone safe that's uh, responding to help them. Lord, we thank you for this time. Uh, help us to draw near to you uh, and help us to see what makes us more alike than what makes us different. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.